Hello everyone. I took a break from podcasting for the second part of November. It was a busy month, lots of family birthdays, and of course the start of the holiday season. We had a week off from school and we went bike riding, got our Christmas tree, had bonfires, went mandarin picking with our cousins, and a bunch of other stuff. But of course my favorite part of the vacation was getting in the bed under like a million blankets and reading all day. Anyhow, it's great to be back in front of the mic. Welcome to the seventh episode of Dragonfire Books! Remember a couple of episodes ago when I talked about the Rick Rowan Presents collection? Those are books that highlight authors and mythologies from unrepresented cultures. Today I'd like to talk about another series from that collection. The last one I did was the Arusha, The End of Time. That was my first episode. You guys remember that? Anyway, today's um, series is a series of two books, but hopefully there will be a third one sometime soon. The first one is from 2019, and the second one is from 2020, so I'm keeping my fingers crossed for 2021. The author is Kwame Mbalia. The first book is Tristan Strong Punches a Hole in the Sky, and the second book is called Tristan Strong Destroys the World. I'm really excited to share these books with you, because I think they're just hilarious, and I keep reading them over and over. Lately, I use this function on the Kindle where you can tag excerpts. I tag the funniest parts and like going back to them. As far as the mythology goes, these books have a bunch of characters from African-American folklore with the West African gods. The main character is Tristan Strong, who is in seventh grade. He gets caught up in this whole thing where he accidentally punches a hole in the sky, like a flaming hole, and he's transported to this world where the gods are alive and everything. Okay, so he and his friends, Ayana and his frenemy Gumbaby, they have to um go have get help to seal up the um hole in the sky, and they have to capture Anansi, the trickster. I'm going to read an excerpt from the first book, Tristan Strong, Punch Hole in the Sky. So by now he's at his grandparents' house, and he like heard something in the middle of the night, so he's out in the hall. I swept the cone of light around, looking for anything remotely creepy, relaxing a bit each time something strange became familiar. The fingers turned out to be a coat rack. The green monsters turned back into a chair that covered with clothes. The doll baby in the middle of the floor rotated its head when the flashlight beam hit it. I froze. The doll looked homemade, like someone had carved it out of wood, painted it a dark molasses brown that hadn't quite dried yet, drawn two black dots for eyes, and glued curly black wool on his head and two afro puffs. It stood still in the night, almost a foot high, and the two of us stared at each other. Okay, I said, to lick my lips. The flashlight turned off again. Okay, this is not weird, right? There's nothing weird about Who you can weird? I looked around, confused, and I tried to look at the owner of the voice. It sounded strange and high-pitched, like when you breathe in helium from a balloon and your voice gets squeaky. Oh, you don't see gum baby now? He's invisible now? It came from down low. The flashlight came on just in time to catch the doll starting to walk across the floor towards me. Each of her footsteps made it sound like Velcro's separating. It, she, stumped closer, glaring and pointing. Well, you better tell Gumbaby and fast. Gumbaby? No way. I'd heard that name before. Not a little doll from the stories. In the Anansi tales, Gumbaby was a doll Anansi used to trap an African fairy while he was on a quest. But in the story, the doll remained silent and wore leaves for clothes. This one, on the other hand, had on a black turtleneck and black pants. But her tiny feet were bare. And what were those stains she was tracking across the floor? Hey, Gumbaby talking to you, big boy. 
The dog marched across the floor. The serious expression on her face ruined by the plopping sounds each of her footsteps made. Get, make um, baby climb up there. Plop, plop, plop. Is um, baby talking to a brick wall? Plop, plop, plop. Oh, you're asking for it now. Plop, plop, plop. She was up to the side of the bed and leaving dark stains on the blankets by the time I finally shook myself out of the daze and extended the flashlight like a weapon. Who are you? I whispered. The tenage doll glared at me, climbed to my foot, and struck a pose. Both trappy arms spread wide, one foot planted on my big toe. She laughed in her tiny voice. Ha ha ha! You want to know who Gumbaby is? Gumbaby's waking to sleep with the rock. Gumbaby's waking to sun runs away across the sky. Gumbaby's your nightmare, and people whisper her name and tremble across the world. <laughs> Shh, I said, waving both my arms in warning. You're going to wake up my grandparents. Baby cocked her head and looked at me like I just slapped her. Did you? She began. Did you just say Gumbaby? Didn't you hear the introduction? Being a nightmare and all that, and you locking your door? Did that not make sense? No, it made sense. It's just, should Gumbaby clarify? No, it's fine. I don't want... Okay, in that case, Gumbaby will go upside your head if you ever think about stressing her again. Gumbaby scrambled the cast my lap and fled at my chest with those sticky hands. Just another shish to my damn mouth. Love this. It'll be last your shish. Your shisher will shishify. Okay, okay. I batted away the irritating blows, ducking and dodging more of that sticky stuff. Stop it, that tickles. You're getting stuff all over the bed. Gumby wrestled with my shirt one more time, then stood on my lap, both hands on her hips. I wiped a glob of goop off my cheek and made a face. What were Granddad and Nana going to say about the mess in the morning? That's better. Now where is it? Gumbaby folded her tiny arms across her chest. Where's what? Don't play dumber. You know what? No, I, look, I don't know who you are. Well, I think you're, but that wouldn't make sense. Those were just stories. Can you tell me why you're here? I meant why she was alive and not just a fable, but Gumbaby misunderstood. She glared at me for a second. Gumbaby's had a mission, Bumbletongue. Where is the sign? Gumbaby's nose is glowing around here somewhere. I tried to find words to come up with some sort of answer to her questions, but the whole situation was being too weird and unreal. I felt like I was being interrogated by a $12 toy from the bargain bin. Eddie would never have believed this. In fact, this was just the sort of story Eddie would... Wait a minute. Glowing around here. Could it be? My eyes flicked back to the back on the dresser. Only for a second, but Gumbaby saw, and an evil smirk crossed her tiny face. Quick as a flash, she flung more goop in my face. Think fast! Gah! I yelped. While I pawed the stuff in my eyes, the blankets shifted and I felt her run to the edge of the bed and leap off. By the time I could pry my eyes open, the stupid little thing was nowhere to be seen. A line of dark globs led to the dresser. I kicked off the blankets and ran over, looking around wildly. The backpack with Eddie's journal, was gone. I spun around in the flashlight to the floor. Gumbaby disappeared. I looked under the bed. Nothing. Then I heard sticky footsteps sneaking to the wall behind me. 
I twisted around just in time to see Gumbaby leap out of the window. Fleeing into the night with my pack, Greenlight escaped from the slightly open zipper. Get back here, I whispered shouted as I ran to the window. Gumbaby sprinted on his stubby little legs across the dirt path, up the hill leading to the cornfield. Seconds later, I couldn't spot her anymore. I chose this passage because I think it is so hilariously funny. And I think Tristan and Gumbaby's relationship is, I mean, Gumbaby's just so annoying and rude. I think they're they're very different, but I guess they're kind of allies, not friends. I don't know. They're kind of minor annoyances to each other. They both work for the same people. Um, next I'm going to do a passage from the second book. So far, okay, so Junior and, and Tristan, they're at Naomi's palace. Naomi is this god because they know that, um, John Henry is there and they need his help. Okay, so then they have, then, then this attack launched on them. Chapter 15, When the Gods Fade. The dark shape collided into me like a right hook. I went sprawling to the ground, knocking Junior over in the process. He shouted in surprise. I was hollering up a storm as I tried to defend against the sneak attack, and the small assailant was, was singing at the top of their lungs. The attacker peeled off me, taking some of my arm hairs with them, and skipped, yes, skipped, around the room. I skimmed from where I sat on the floor. A short, deep-brown creature with a giant head stood a few feet away. Big, hollow eyes stared at me, and its oversized hands dangled almost all the way to the floor. Oh, no, no, but now. Its high-pitched voice made me wince. Junior, our argument forgotten, leaned towards me with a carefully neutral expression and whispered, You know this... thing? I shook my head. The creature put its hands on its hips, or tried to, before giving up and stopping to where we sat. Don't you know it's rude to whisper? After all we've been through, you don't know nobody. You too famous. Got too big for your switches. I started to scoot backwards, unsure of what was happening. I, you mean britches? Gumbaby, is that you? There you go again. Always trying to correct somebody. Of course he's Gumbaby. Who else it gonna be? Bumbaby? Gumbaby swears you're the stupidest person she knows. As the creature stomped forward, something amazing happened. A seam appeared at the top of its giant head, and like a zipper, it began to travel down and peel apart. Wisps of steam escaped as the two halves separated, and out popped a tiny brown doll wearing what looked to be a black and gold onesie and box braids. Gumbaby stood in front of me with her hands on her hips and glared. After Gumbaby saved you behind, you gotta act brand new! And here she was! When did you invite you on your next secret mission? I stood up, and Junior did as well. What mission? I asked. And wait, what's with the disguise? Gumbaby stopped glaring and smiled proudly. It's a sapshoot! Gumbaby joined it herself. Well, sort of. Gumbaby got the idea from a Nancy. She, he pretended to be Brer Rabbit, but it was really a disguise. So Gumbaby figured she created her own disguise. Nobody will ever know it. I looked through the suit, which was slowly collapsing under its own weight. Then at the fact, 
and you pretended to be a fountain? How did you get the water to flow out of the sap suit? Gumbaby shook a hand at me, sending sap everywhere, and began to fold up the suit until it was the size of a sticky handkerchief. Then she tied the corners around her neck and draped it over her shoulders like a cloak. Flare! Gumbaby's spat out a stream of water, tasting nasty too. I looked at the pool and remembered trailing my fingers through what I thought was water, and I grenaged it. Anyway, Gumbaby continued, there's a new mission, and she used to accept it, which she will, because Gumbaby didn't spit out a gallon of dirty water for you to get a taste of We're going to go now. You can even bring your friend. Junior and I glanced at each other. He's not my friend, we both said at the same time. Jinx, now you can't talk until Gumbaby says so, Gumbaby said. Let's go, Don Henry's waiting. And with that, the little Adamus stomped while, get this, muttering stomping sounds. I think that Gumbaby is really funny to me because, um, because partly the way she speaks, like, she's always missaying words. And also because she's so full of herself. Also, it's hilarious how she talks. She talks about herself in third person. Okay, guys, wrapping up. The Tristan Strong books are available in hard or soft copy from Amazon, your local library, or your favorite independent bookstore. Thanks, as always, for joining me today. Don't forget to rate and review my podcast in Apple Podcasts. And if you want, email me, me at bookswithallegra at gmail.com. You can request a review of a certain book or ask me for advice in choosing holiday gifts for the readers in your life. In the meantime, I'll be here reading in bed or looking out the window at all the beautiful trees that are changing colors. My sister calls the bright red ones that are trimmed like balls popsicle trees. Oh, and one more thing. A quick update on my chickens that I introduced in the last episode. Okay, so we got this egg um, the other day that was like, it was tiny. At least only an inch high and half an inch across. In my chicken caring book, it calls it pixie eggs. Okay, this has been Allegro with Dragonfire Books. Peace, happy reading, and watch out for small tiny dolls named Gumbaby.